Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 11 verses 1 through 16. If you remember in John chapter 10, we saw Jesus say that he is the good shepherd. There was division among the people too about who Jesus was. Some say this guy's demon possessed and some say, you know, A person that that gives sight to the blind, he couldn't be demon-possessed. He has to be from God. Then there's the Jewish authorities that want to have him arrested. They're they're ready to to stop this ministry that's growing in popularity. They see Jesus as a fake. They see him as a false teacher. They see him as a danger to the power establishment there in Judea. So Jerusalem and the surrounding area of Jerusalem is a very dangerous place for Jesus right now. So Jesus goes to a place called Bataneia because his time has not yet come, where his crucifixion, his hour has not yet come. So he goes to Bataneia, and he's there. But the situation is going to change. He gets word that someone he loves is very sick. We'll see in, in chapter 11, verse 3, word comes to him that, Lord, the, the one you love is ill. They don't even give a name. So Jesus is so close with this young man that it's just the one he loves, and he'll know who that is. So Jesus has three very close friends he loves very much, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I find this family fascinating. We don't know a lot about them. They're not part of the the 12 that follow Jesus. We don't know how Jesus met them. We don't know much about them. We just know in places like Luke 10, Jesus is at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and he's teaching, and Mary's sitting at his feet like a full-fledged disciple which would be really weird for a woman to sit at the feet of a great teacher like that in that day and time. Martha is busy and she's all about the house doing uh, service. And she gets on to to Mary or wants the Lord to rebuke Mary and uh, basically know her place in the world. And Jesus tells Martha, Mary has chosen the better portion. That's this same family. But in this passage, we get this very emotional situation where Jesus' close friend has passed away. They send word to Jesus. Uh, He doesn't get there in time, and you just see this emotional exchange between Mary and Martha and Jesus, and just a moving story. Chapter 11 is a riveting story in John's gospel. Our sermon Sunday, we'll look at the entire passage, so I don't want to steal the thunder from Sunday and talk too much about what we're going to talk about Sunday, so I'm going to look at some aspects today in our reading that we won't get to pull out in the sermon so much, but let's look at these few verses, verses 1 through 16. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with his hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. I'm going to pause right there for a second. I don't normally do this, but I want you to notice in verse 2, it says, Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. This is not going to happen until John chapter 12. So John is telling you this. He's talking to a Christian community, expecting you to already know this story. That's how well known this this family was to the Christian community. So when John writes this gospel, he's expecting, okay, this story is so well known of what Mary did. You're going to know who she is. He writes this a chapter before. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I find that really fascinating. Go back to verse three. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, 
let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. A lot of interesting things in this story. The waiting time is one thing that bothers people. Okay, Jesus waits. Why is he waiting? Well, supernaturally, he knows that that first day, the messenger comes to him. So it'll take one day for the messenger to get to Jesus. He knows that Lazarus has already died. So there's no hurry to get there because Lazarus is dead. Then he waits two more days there in Botanea. Then he departs on the fourth day, a, a day trip to get to Bethany. So four days. Hold that for just a minute because that's going to come back. That's really important. There is a reason he picks those four days. Also, his disciples are afraid. They are fearful because they know Jesus is in danger. And in turn, that means they're in danger. Typically, if the Romans or the Jewish authorities took out a religious leader that they saw to be dangerous, they would also take out his followers. So there's a little bit of nervousness, and rightfully so. Jesus, why are we going back there? That, that's not a good idea. But then Jesus says something strange. In verse 9, he says, are there not 12 hours in the day? Now, in the ancient world, they didn't have wristwatches and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. So they didn't have an accurate way to keep time all the time. So they divided the daytime hours up into segments of 12. So a lot of times they really weren't hours. Their hours would vary and be longer and shorter at times. But this references to the ministry of Jesus. There's this designated time period that Jesus will be with them ministering, and that would be the daylight. But then there's going to be a time of darkness when he will be crucified. And he's saying, look, guys, my time's not here yet. Not time for that hour, for the crucifixion, that dark hour. So it's still daylight and we're okay. So he's trying to encourage them a little bit. Then there's this miscommunication with Jesus and his disciples. John does this a lot in his gospel, where Jesus will say one thing, and people will totally misunderstand what he's saying. Like it'll be a metaphor or something that, that could be misconstrued. For example, John 3, Nicodemus, Jesus says, you must be born of above. And then Nicodemus totally misunderstands what he's saying and says, okay, do I have to be born again, enter into my mother's womb? And that anothen, that word could be either. And so it's a slippage of understanding. Well, there's a misunderstanding. Jesus doesn't mean that Lazarus has taken a good nap. He means he has died, but he's not going to be permanent. He's going to bring him back. Then he has to tell them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, let's go back to what I want you to see today that is so powerful in this story. Four days matters. In the Jewish way of reckoning for a funeral, you'd have seven days of mourning. And it would be a powerful time. It would be very emotional. You know, in America, we've been influenced by the Victorian age and Coming out of the 19th century, this idea of having decorum and 
and not a lot of a show of emotion at funerals. You don't see this everywhere, but but that is something that people get uncomfortable with large shows of emotion at funerals. It was not like that in ancient Palestine. You would have loud wailing and mourning and crying out. Sometimes they would have a, a flute player that would play music. The whole community would come out. This would be a seven-day event. And four days matters. I'm not endorsing what I'm about to say. This is not found in Scripture. This is just Jewish tradition. But Jesus is making a point. He wants there to be no doubt about his glory and his power. But what was believed in Jewish culture was that the, the spirit of the dead person would wander around the tomb area, and on the fourth day, the spirit would finally go to Sheol, would go to the, the abode of the dead. So waiting for that period of time, and it being the fourth day, it would make it conclusive that this is a miracle that, that glorifies God. And let us remember what these miracles in John are all about. They're all signs. This is the last, the seventh of the signs in John's gospel. And all of these signs are meant to point toward the glory of God. They're not the end-all, be-all. You're not to focus on the miracle itself. I mean, it's great to marvel that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but he's pointing ahead to a greater reality of the general resurrection that all of us one day, because Jesus is the resurrection of the life, we will all receive resurrection one day. Just as we, Lazarus has to die, we will all die one day. But because of this glory and power of Jesus, we too will be raised. And that's good news on, on a day like today when some of us are quarantined and some of us are not. We don't know what's going to happen with the future. There's a lot unknown about business and, and the economy and sickness and disease and just so much negative right now. Boy, we need some hope. And this is a message of hope that Jesus is the light. He's the good shepherd. He has the power over death. And we give praise to God for that today. Well, I'm glad you are with us today. Um, I invite you to, to view our sermon. Uh, if you have nothing to do su- Sunday, we will live stream our sermon. You can go to our webpage even to get our sermon if you want it. Uh, WCC.church. You can view Sunday sermon there that'll be on this chapter. We also on our Facebook page for Westgate Church of Christ, we will have the live streaming of our service. And you can watch the sermon like that, too. So I just want to invite you uh, to watch Sunday Sermon if you want to learn more about this, this awesome chapter, John chapter 11. Hope you have a great weekend. I hope to see you back on Monday. God bless.